0: Can you please stand with us this morning and let's worship the Lord.
1: Dead, and I am alive forevermore and have the keys of death and hell. That's what they were singing about today. Aren't you glad we serve a living God? Praise the Lord! Yes, He lives, He lives in our hearts. Praise God. Give someone a high five next to you and be seated for just a moment. Thank you. We have just come from the great celebration of July the 4th. Wasn't it wonderful? I just think the, the picnic, the, the fireworks, the time of being with family and all of that was just such a good time. I felt good about it all day long. And I'm glad that you made the decision to come on to church because we're having celebration today because we serve the living God and we don't want to forget that so thank you for coming today it's so good to see you here we have just come from early service and the Sunday school hour and now mid-morning and then tonight at six o'clock we'll be back to worship and then something goes on every night this week at church and usually Wednesday nights are mid-service so you are welcome to come to that and uh, thank you today for being here. Uh, I wanted to remember uh, us to remember a couple people in prayer and I know we'll be praying shortly but I want us to remember Marge Brown. She uh, just buried her husband and she goes this week to find out she has breast cancer and they want to do radical surgery on her and uh, sometimes you just feel like you get weighed down with burdens and things in life and that's certainly a situation and we're a praying church so I want you to continue to pray for her. Do that for me, will you? Now I'm going to ask all of our visitors, our guests. We do have some guests here, I think, today. If you'll just remain seated and all of our regular attenders and members to stand at this time. We're going to get out of the aisles and shake hands and greet one another. And if you are a guest today, the connectors will be giving you a packet or a card or something to fill out. So please take that and uh, Fill it out and drop it in the offering plate as it comes around momentarily. All right, let's get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another. God bless you.
0: Bye. In me, for every time to confess that you are. Like to receive special prayer for pastors and elders and staff will be here to pray for you, lay hands on you. And if you also have a need, don't feel like coming down, but you also want to make known by the uplifting of a hand. You can do that right now. We're gonna pray, and we're gonna continue on with our worship. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. We bring all our needs, Father, all our. Is you Thank yeah. you.
2: Seated, we want to go before the Lord in prayer for some special needs that we have as a congregation. One is that actually a couple of different prayers that I feel led to pray as a congregation for us to join together in prayer. And that would be number one that we would take a moment in this service to pray for the state of Israel. I've had that on my mind for the last couple of days, and yesterday I was determined that we would begin this morning on a very regular part of our service times together that we would start including a special prayer time for Israel. How many of you know the Bible says to pray for Israel for the peace of Jerusalem now I don't know how you feel about all the politics and I'm not here to discuss that with you A lot of folks have a lot of different arguments and opinions and they get all riled up over all the silly things that that go into making countries and borders and wars but this morning we know that God chose a beautiful little people to bring the salvation message to the world and that little place that little tiny dot on the map is God's special people and I want to be blessed in my life and I want our church to be blessed and I want us to pray for Israel. So we're going to do that and as well I want us to pray for the Craig family. Sister Sheila Craig lost her mother this week to cancer and we all know that, that that is just a devastating loss for any family and many of you have gone through that. So we want to pray for her. And as well we want to pray for a special need if I could be selfish for just a moment. My nephew his name is Tyler Tyler was with his girlfriend last evening, and as they were walking out with another couple to their car, they were jumped and attacked. And my nephew is laying in ICU in critical condition in Columbus, where he's been beat with the back end of a gun. And he is 23 years old, possibly at this point has a brain bleed, and he's also been wounded very severely to his face. So I want you, we, we don't know, the family's all there, I'm going to be leaving at, at the conclusion of this service and heading straight there to be with my family. But I want you to join with me together and pray for him. Is it okay if we do that together? He's a good boy, he's had his struggles. How many of have ever had a kid that's went through struggles? But just last week he was texting the family and saying, okay, I, I need a good church in Columbus, where should I go? God's been dealing with him. How many of you know when God starts dealing, the devil gets mad? But I just know that I believe that that's a good sign to us that he's going to be fine and that God is going to intervene and there's going to be a testimony for him. And that shows us that God's power is almighty no matter what circumstance, right? So I want us to pray for that. And, and you had mentioned and You said earlier, you had unspoken. How many have an unspoken need? I want that in our lives, your family, your situations, you are going through things, and I want us to pray as a family for that. Let's pray for these different three needs and then for all of us together. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we come together as a church, as a body of Christ, to pray for the state of Israel. We ask you to minister, Lord, your comfort, your strength, your grace, the grieving hearts, the parents that are hurting this morning. those precious teenagers that were attacked and killed brutally we ask you to minister God to the people as they rise up in Lord their anger and their confusion their chaos we ask you to bring peace to Jerusalem we ask you to touch them bless their borders bless God their armies and let touch them for God their enemies are encamped all around them and they are large and masses in number we ask you to protect them and to keep them we know that they are your people. and They stand in the palm of your hand. We will be included among those who are blessed to pray for the state of Israel. We ask you to minister blessings to them, comfort and strength, healing to them and God provision. And we ask your protection over them. We pray this this morning as a congregation joining together in agreement of prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this, and Lord, we pray for the, fa- for the Craig family this morning, lifting them up, asking you to comfort them, strengthen them, and be with them during this very difficult time. We ask you to minister to the loss in their hearts and to touch them afresh and brand new today with strength that comes directly from the Holy Spirit. We ask this in your name and give you praise and honor, for we know that you are the present help in the times of our trouble. I pray this morning, God, that you will touch Tyler. As he lays in the hospital in Columbus now, even this morning, would you lay your hand over him, touch his body physically and give him strength. Let the reports come back different than they have actually already come. I pray that there'll be a renewed interest, Lord, that your work will be accomplished to give him a testimony of your great strength. Bring healing to his body physically and touch him. Let it more so touch his heart this morning, God, to turn and see you so clearly in all of this. Let your love be revealed to him and let the power of your Holy Spirit be present. We pray for every hand that was lifted up today that your touch would be over their lives, that you would bring deliverance, provision, that God, you'd bring peace to situations, reconciliation, and that you would bring restoration in the lives of your people. We trust you, we thank you, we agree together, not in our own name. We don't pray in the name of a church. We don't pray in the name of our country. We don't pray in the name of any preacher. We pray in that name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. God. we give you honor we give you praise and our confidence and our assurances in you in your name we thank you we honor you and we give you all the praise amen amen everyone together put their hands together and give God praise praise the Lord praise God amen you may be seated thank you so much for being here this morning in the middle of a, a holiday weekend. What a great crowd um, competing with all the barbecues and and all the things that, uh, that are out there to take your time. I appreciate you being in service today. I thank our staff for the work they did over the last week where I got to take a little time away. I, I appreciate that. Also appreciate Christian and Francella and Rhonda and Todd for all their hard work yesterday. We had over 200 people show up at the Armco Park for the big picnic yesterday, there was more food than we knew what to do with. I ate so much chicken, and all co- I did—I just didn't want to feel bad, you know. I didn't want to take it home, but uh, it was wonderful. So much food—you could go back two and three and four times. There was so much, and activities, softball, and there or, uh, softball. I think they were playing that when I left and then there was kickball and just uh, kids on the playground and people went fishing and swimming and not swimming but paddle boating you know somebody might have got pushed in I don't know but it was a wonderful afternoon and I appreciate them for the hard work that they did in making that a beautiful success also appreciate did you anyone notice when you came in today how nice the church looked around the church did you see that? the mulch the mulch is on the way, but uh, for now, all the shrubs were were trimmed and the hedges were trimmed, and even some trees were cut back. And a lot of work. There were about 15 to 20 people that came out Thursday for our church workday, and they worked hard. They were out there till almost five in the afternoon, starting early in the morning, and they worked hard. And as a matter of fact, we all have straining muscles to prove it. And uh, it was a tough, tough day, but I appreciated. Our our intern, uh, Jordan, was there and I looked at him at one point during the work day and I said, so Jordan, I said, you didn't really expect that this was part of an internship, did you? (laughs) He just looked at me and he knew from his own father's experience in ministry that that these type of things, uh, they happen and that you can be called upon to do many different types of things. But he had a good time and he was a good worker, mom and dad. And by the way, we are thrilled to have Dr. Mark. And Elizabeth Bailey, would you all stand for us? We want to recognize you today. If you've ever been here for the Lee University Symphonic Band and been part of those services, Dr. Bailey is the conductor and and he runs that whole show and just does a wonderful job. And what I love about them is that they don't just come in and play beautiful music. They bring the presence of God and uh, we love it when they're able to come and be with us today and we honor you today our ushers are coming to serve you to give you an opportunity to worship God with your gifts I've learned a lot of things in my life and one of the things I've learned is that this moment right here is just as much a part of worship as any other part of our service I look forward to the opportunity to make sure God knows I believe in his ways he said give and it will be given to you. pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall people give in your own bosom. And I know and I believe the word of God. It also says that he loves a cheerful giver. So when God loves something, he blesses it. So we ask you this morning to consider your gifts as worship, and to give cheerfully, and to give knowing that God will take care of you. His economy doesn't work like First Financial. His economy is different than that. He says, in order to be blessed, you have to lay a seed down. And when that when that comes from you as a cheerful and a cheerful attitude and a good heart, then God takes care of you. How many of you have ever found that God takes care of you over and over and over again? Amen. So you I'm preaching to the choir, aren't I? <laughs> All right. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this privilege and this opportunity. Lord, we thank you that you take care of your people, that, Lord, we can trust you that in these good times or in the times when we feel blessed, Lord, we take care of making sure we're laying the groundwork for the times when we face troubles and trials. It all works together. And Lord, we honor you this morning with our worship. We give you gifts today. We honor you with the tithe, which is our first priority and first fruit. We thank you that you are a God we can depend on and trust. God, we don't use our money to try to gain your attention or to try to gain any kind of notoriety in this life. We give it as an act of cheerful worship. We give you praise for, your thank- for you are worthy to be praised. And Lord, we thank you for every good gift. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen.
0: My sin that he had to bear your precious blood, it has washed me clean. No greater love than your arm. Coming and
2: if you know that unfailing love this morning unfailing love oh hallelujah hallelujah the presence of the lord is here in a wonderful way this morning we honor you jesus We thank you that you have given so much of yourself. You could require allegiance and loyalty. You could require servitude. And that'd be all that is part of our relationship with you, but Lord, you've you've given so much more. We thank you that we're able to gather in your name and sense and know your presence. Do you feel him this morning? (laughs) Hallelujah. We honor your presence, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you help me to thank the Lord for 27 folks at the jail ministry yesterday afternoon who received Christ into their lives. Amen. Praise God. now I thought that I would Doug this needs to come down again I'm sorry I thought for sure that I would this morning move on away from the freedoms and liberties of July 4th and Independence Day I, I thought you know it's after we, we kinda did a little bit of acknowledgement uh, last Sunday I I watched online uh, while I was away uh, for a few days and was able to see the, the men of valor sing the beautiful songs to, for Independence Day and, and to see the services and to see the recognitions. But I kept thinking I gotta move on. I gotta do something different. Lord, we're gonna go in a different direction. You know I was telling the Lord what we were gonna do. And he kept laying it down in my heart. He kept saying, what about the day after? And I was like, exactly. I mean it's a day after. I mean we gotta move on. We'll we'll do fasting. We'll do we'll do you know, something good, press towards the prize, come on God, we'll do something awesome. He said, what about the day after? I mean, you're good for the celebrations, you're good for the fireworks, you're good for all the, the barbecues. What about living in my freedom? What about walking in my freedom? What about living it out every day of your life so that when the party's over, like I found out this morning, so that when the party's over you've got a rock to lean on you've got freedom and liberty inside you that you can call on him you know, when I think about walking into that hospital room here in just a little while I thought if I had to go in myself or if I had to go in my own strength or my own power I'd be scared to death if I had to figure out what to do when I walk up to the bedside of my nephew looking up they said he was scared to death this morning looking up in him if I had to have all the answers and if I had to fix everything I'd be a mess and in my own strength and in your own strength you cannot make it you cannot fight the enemy you'll never win but that's the wonders of our freedoms and our liberties in Christ because I can walk in there like David when he stood before the giant and I can say I don't come at you with a sword and a spear and a shield I come to you in the name of the armies of God of Israel I come in the name of Jehovah I come in the name of Jesus who he empowers us and gives us the anointing to pray and the strength to get through amen we come in his name we come today to worship because we're free we're free there is a responsibility in our lives and, and an accountability you know it goes hand in hand with America how appropriate when we consider some of the very problems of America some of the same problems we're having in the church you know what it is? it is simply this we forget we're so human you're so human I'm so human we have a tendency to forget that's why Peter in the word said stir up the gift in you stir up the remembrance that's why Isaiah wrote about you know remember the former things but don't dwell on them yes he's the God of the Red Sea yes he's the God of water out of a rock yes he's the God who delivered you out of your bondage But understand that God is a very present God and He only wants us to remember what He's done and where He's been so that we can know we can face anything today and He can take us through it. Amen? That's why we have to live in and walk in the freedoms, the liberty that God has given us, not only as Americans but as Christians. That's what I want to touch on this morning to take my text from 1st Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 now I know you've stood but if you would one more time stand for the reading of God's Word I'm going to read the NIV version of this scripture and then I want to jump and read another version to you I want to show you what the amplified version says somebody asked me well, what do you study out of I, I read King James version and then I go look at other versions to see what they say as long as I agree with what's being said there then I'm good so I check these out the amplified version is beautiful but listen to what the NIV says Paul writing now, Paul, now you remember Paul Paul is the grace guy, he's all about grace he says do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God he says you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore we always know what the word therefore means don't we therefore because of this do this therefore honor God with your body now it didn't say with your prayer life, with your Bible reading, with your fastings, with your honor him with your, in other words, with your behavior. That's important this morning. The Amplified Version says this do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for and made his own. So then, honor God and bring glory to him in your body. That is some of the most powerful words you will read in the scripture. Father, we ask your blessings on your word. Challenge us this morning that we will hear from you the message we need for this hour. And be challenged into a deeper and more intimate place with you in the name of Jesus, Amen. You may be seated. A couple of days after Independence Day, the parades are done. The fireworks have all been shot up. The sparklers are burned out. The sale signs for the hot dogs and hamburgers have been are down, and now you'll fa- you'll pay full price for your pop. The waving flags have all been mostly put away except for the one that we keep out by the front porch and the tents and grills are stored. It's the day after. But What's important about being an American is that we don't forget what that means every other day. That we don't forget the idea of having Independence Day July 4th, the fireworks and all of that is because we want to take the time every year to stop and pay attention. We want to acknowledge what has been done through our military, through history, through our leaders, our presidents, the people that have made decisions through the years that have brought us to this place where we are. It would even be correct and right for us to remember why we came over from Great Britain in the first place. Some of you, because some of you, you know, got that Cherokee background, so you were already here. when we look and we remember the history of how we got over here when they were in search of religious freedom, when they were literally looking for the answers to life and and to a new world where they could come and worship God and not be oppressed and and have to follow certain orthodoxy in in the place where they were and and be tyrannically judged and condemned to follow God a certain way, they literally came over here to find that religious freedom and when we remember all of that it goes hand in hand with so much that God has done down through history to keep us on a track now granted in the day that we live now you wouldn't really know that and there's so much confusion and deception and chaos in the world today that we're not even clear what our history is but it's important for us as Christians to remember it's all it all works together and goes back to a garden and it goes back to a generation that God chose down through history and a lineage that that gave us literally a salvation gospel message that literally takes care of us even in this hour that we're standing today. It's important that we remember that not only the freedoms in America, that we don't forget those things, that we stay true to those things, it's right to be patriot. It's right to be one who celebrates during this time. Don't let your politics interfere with your blessing. Don't let your arguments over issues and policies stand in the way of you being proud of the fact. I tell you, I went all over the world. I've traveled in many different places. And I can tell you there's just something still amazing about when you land in the United States of America. It's wonderful when I walk up to that customs agent and he says, welcome home. There's something beautiful still about that. This is still a God-blessed country. We are still in a place where Christian values are still the norm, no matter what they're trying to vote down. You and I can still go anywhere. and Don't watch too much TV because they'll tell you another story. But if I walk down the street, I see my brothers and my sisters and I see a lot of folks who still believe in an old-fashioned way of being kind and good and a neighbor and there's still a lot of goodness in America and there's still a lot of grandmas and grandma, grandpas and moms and dads that find a bended knee before they close their eyes at night. This is still a country that honors God. We must not forget that. I grieve in my heart though because I see what's happening. We're obviously in the last days because it's so clear that we're trying, the enemy is trying so hard to bring that deception. You know that deception don't you? The one that the Bible even declares in Revelation that will if possible even deceive the very elect. There is a horrible disease across the land that's spreading like a fire, and it's called deception. And you've heard me say this many times before. One of the most dangerous things about deception is that you don't know when you're deceived. You don't know. So it's important that we stay grounded with our our history, our heritage, and this word that we stay grounded on these principles. This is what guides our church. This is what guides us. We're not interested in a newfangled gospel. We're not interested in a weak, complacent gospel that grows a big crowd. What we're interested in is finding what touches the heart of God and what meets us in the midst of our field when we're hungry and when we need a job and we need a roof over our heads. We want to know what pleases God. And when we stay focused on those things, and we stay true to those principles, we will always find that we are blessed at the end of the day. It's important that we in the church remember what America was all about but also what the church is about. That we don't forget. In America we understand the sacrifices that were made. the the military and the people that died on battlefields and we appreciate those things and we look down through history and I'm I'm proud of of our history, I'm proud of the independence uh, the Day of Independence, the Declaration of Independence you hardly knew it didn't I? I'm proud of, of, you know, I was able to visit Pennsylvania and Philadelphia one year, and I remember I was with Campus Choir, and we went all through Independence Hall, and I, I just fell in love with it. I was looking at this chair, and I was just like, George Washington sat in that chair, right there. And everybody else was like, So? And I was just like, Are you kidding me? He sat right there. He probably used that pen, he probably spit out of his mouth on that table. George I love history I love looking at the Liberty Bell I love walking down the halls I love looking at those things I appreciate those things I I appreciate our heritage I appreciate the different times that, that there have been amazing, wonderful victories for America. I'm proud of our history. I'm proud of them coming over to a new land. I'm proud of all the things. Yeah, there's things there that I'm not proud of. There were battles, and there were things happened that wasn't right. How many you know that you'll always find that alongside of the good. But if you keep your focus on the the good things and the agendas that were correct and right, man, there'll always be bad leaders. There'll always be new leaders that come along. But that's not what it's all about. You don't throw it all out you know I told somebody I'm not gonna stop going to a ball game for the Bengals or for the Reds simply because the guy in front of me takes off his shirt and paints his face red and drinks beer all night long and, and it is terrible I'm gonna look at him and say he's a foolish person but I'm not gonna stop going to the game and just because there's a few bad seeds out here trying to change everything and make it all evil and wicked and and atheistic doesn't mean that the red, white, and blue still doesn't stand for the things that it was formulated for. And So I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be part of this country. I'm proud of the heritage that has come down through tested time and the, the leaders that we've had. I'm proud that I have a president that used to be Abraham Lincoln. I'm proud that he's my president. I'm proud of the fact that he went to the trouble to make sure we had the Emancipation Proclamation. I'm proud that he signed the documents that made all men free and no longer that that could we pull a slavery situation on them. I'm so glad that that happened. I'm glad as I look down through history the different victories that we've had. I also look at the church and I'm proud of the church. I'm proud of, of where we've come. I'm proud of the things that have taken place. I'm proud of down through history the things that have come to give me the heritage that I have in God, in Christ. The blood that was spilled, the sacrifice that was made. It's important that we understand in order to live free you have to know where you've come from. And you have to hold that dear in your heart. Paul, who is the man I said earlier, the, the, the guy who was all about grace, He was the guy letting us know, man, it's not by works. You can't can't earn it, buy it, you can't get this salvation through an exchange system. You'll never be able to get it any other way. And boy, that really messes with some people's mind, you know? They want so much to be able to do good enough or to buy it by their position or their money, or they want to be able to get in here and, and, and make sure that God sees and knows their works. But ultimately it all comes back to something so beautiful. God is like, I'm not interested in any of those things. I'm interested, that's all, all of that comes after I've got the most important part of you and that is your soul, your heart. And when we give that to him, there's a change and a transformation that takes place. Something that causes us to live in a freedom, a freedom, a liberty, that we have to understand and know that we are to walk in long after the big experience. You come down. The invitation's made. The preacher has a great message and, and all that. you just feel drawn to the altar and you want to give your life to God. The preacher says there's going to be uh, troubles but God's going to be there. He's going to be the answer for your life. He's going to turn your your life upside down. He, he, he makes these wooing invitations. The Holy Spirit works together with those words to bring a great heart and desire of repentance and you come and make the big grand decision. I'm going to trust God, The thing that's awesome and the things I want to touch on today is about the fact that when you get up from the celebration and you go back and you go into your life, He didn't die on the cross just for the prayer. He didn't die for just the big event. The same blood that forgave you of your sins on the day of your salvation is the same blood that will keep you every day of your life. Walking in freedom, he offers change, transformation, a renewed mind, a new heart. Paul was saying in this chapter right here, when you look at this closely, you can't believe how he masterfully put it together. Caleb's always about learning. Caleb, read this chapter right here, chapter 6, because I'm telling you it's beautiful. He gives an example. Paul sets an example in front of all ministers and preachers on how to address one of the most serious subjects in all of Christendom, sin. He masterfully takes it, and while he doesn't go too far as to glorify the enemy, he takes the, the message, he takes the words that need to be said, and while he's blunt... And straightforward. he masterfully brings it around to where you want so much to have this freedom that he's talking about. He makes it easy for you to see your way through it. In the first part of the chapter, he talks about immorality. He talks about business. He talks about how you got to treat people right. He talks about the basics of staying away from the things that cause you to not look like God so important that we understand that there must be a change and there must be a difference. You can't live in freedom that you don't have. And the idea behind the blood of Jesus Christ at Calvary's cross was that you and I would have freedom from slavery. Freedom from sin. That we would not stay in it. That we're not saved in it so many messages, so many Gospels out there today, so much confusion in the body of Christ. They're trying to say all kinds of different things because they don't want to get deep enough into the relationship with the Lord to find the freedom. There is a freedom from it. Will you be tempted? Yes. Will you struggle? Of course. Will there be times you hit the brick wall? Probably. But ultimately it's right for us to remember that he has provided for the strength and the grace and the mercy. The forgiveness that you and I will always need to be victorious. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. According to the power that is at work in us. He wants us to understand that there's strength for the hard days. There's joy. Joy that comes for the good days. Paul, after making it very clear, and then he goes into this display of sins and he starts listing them left and right. He talks about adultery and fornication, homosexuality. He talks about lying and cheating and stealing. He brings it all out. He pulls it all out on the table, but he doesn't put it out there in a way that that attacks you or makes you feel like you can't get up. He literally lays it all out there for you, and then he turns around and says some of those beautiful words you've ever read. He says, do you not know? Did you not hear? Are you not aware? You are the temple. Your body is the temple of God. A dwelling place for Him. For the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Did you not know? He says, you're not your own. And the awesome... The thing about that one line is simply this, if you're not your own, then it's not your responsibility to be perfect, to be holy, to be sinless. By giving him the inhabitancy of your mind and spirit and soul, by giving him residence, it becomes his work. work out your own salvation with fear and trembling how many times that has been quoted how many times people have looked at me and said well you know you work out your salvation I work out mine sorry that's not the way it works I'm fixing to take away your argument I'm sorry if you, any of you young people use this on mom and dad I'm afraid today's D-Day work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it Is God who works in you. So it's not about you. He wants, you know what he wants us to work out in our salvation? Surrender. Work it out, he says. Work it out. Surrender to what? To freedom. To liberty. Chains are gone. Unfailing love. I'm free. I no longer am a slave. I'm no longer, I have a taskmaster, master of sin over my life. I no longer am, am barraged with these chains that keep me held down. I have been set free, oh, the blood of Jesus. It cleanses and it washes me and sets me every bit free. I now have a brand new heart, a brand new mind, a brand new life. I've been transformed and renewed and I have... Peace and victory every day of my life. That's what I'm free to. I'm free, free, free. But the responsibility for me is to understand and know what has happened, what has taken place. God, who was immortal, became mortal. God, who was incorruptible, became corruptible. Died on the cross. Carrying all the sin of the whole world over 2,000 years ago. I think about that and I think about him on the cross and then the real The real moment comes when all of a sudden I realize that God placed my sins on him Over 2,000 years ago I'm a free. I was a free man long before I ever came to him. I was free much like when One of my favorite presidents, Abraham Lincoln, signed that Emancipation Proclamation declaring that all men would now be free from slavery. When he signed that document, you know they say it took some 10 years before some folks ever got the word. Years where they still continued to work as slaves they still worked in the plantations and in the fields they still went through the whole process and somebody would come along and they said there were testimonies many times of people who wouldn't believe the person they thought they were tricking them they were deceiving them they weren't certainly it couldn't be true that we could be true really free men it couldn't be the truth somebody's lying somewhere and so they went through this season in their lives where they didn't trust that, that word that came down or they didn't get the word and they lived as slaves even though they were free men. I'm afraid there's such a parallel today to people who continue to live in sin, who continue to live as slaves to addictions and to different, different sinful acts and behaviors, and they live under this bondage and this guilt and this condemnation that they have already been set free from every one of you under the sound of my voice Jesus already paid the price it's not that when you come to him he then does it he already did it he did it before you ever acknowledged him before you ever heard a word he he took care of your problems so that on a day like today 2,000 years down the road when you're sitting in a service at Stratford Heights you can literally look up and the message comes, the song comes, and you feel the Holy Spirit's invitation and you're sitting there with your heart beating out of your chest and you're like, I want to make the change. Jesus looks over at the Father and says it took 2,000 years for this one but there's another one right there. Yesterday at the jail, the angels of God were dancing and having a wonderful party all around heaven. You were at the barbecue. They were dancing because they said, did you see at the jail this morning? It took 2,000 years but oh, the blood has never lost its power. It's still saving and transforming lives this morning. Oh hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't take your freedom for it to advantage don't take it for granted don't let it lose its its fervor in your mind be be vigilant diligent vigilant and diligent that's what I meant be on fire you know I thought about this morning I was driving to church and and I was praying and I was thanking God about redemption I was thanking him for redemption you know that prayer we always pray Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. Thank you for the fact that I'm redeemed thank you God that the blood has cleansed my life and I'm praying that very noble and wonderful prayer when all of a sudden out of nowhere I felt the Holy Spirit embrace my soul and he within my own heart he said is that all it is to you is it just a prayer is it just a transaction is it just an act and I begin to think about the blood that he spilled and I be I know I know we did it at Easter I know you see it every year I know mama's read that story to you since you were a little girl a little boy I know it's something you've heard an awful lot but listen all to it all over again one more time you were on his mind when he was on the cross and when he took those wounds and he took that beating and he took that all, all, all on himself he literally did it not just for mama not just for daddy but listen son he did it just for you he did that so that you could be free this morning and we don't take that for granted I sat there, and I was looking out the car, and I was thinking about the deliverance. I was thinking about the redemption, and I said, God, don't ever ever let me say that word ever again with a dry eye. Don't ever let me say redeemed without remembering what it cost. Don't ever let me think about what he did for me without there being emotion attached to it. I want to forever be thankful and humble and broken down for what he did for me. I didn't deserve it. The old song said, I should have been crucified I should have hung there and died he died in my place he died in your place and that is the penalty that he took and paid for you and I Oh, we ought to have revival every Sunday we ought to every time a song is sung we ought to be thrilled I want to go back I was thinking about it and I kept going on and I was repenting because I thought you know Lord I've taken this for granted I'm just saying thank you for redemption and not really realizing what it is you've done and I went back to when I was 18 at the old Harlem Park building and I remember I'd get off work at Salem Avenue at best products at 6 o'clock and church started at 6 in Middletown I had quite a dilemma so I got in my big green bomb I called it it was a Delta 88 Royale Oldsmobile and it was the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life it was pea green and it was ugly I get in that car I got on I 75 and I am watching the clock and I am trailing and my car is shaking from side to side and I'm going past people I'm going to church and I'm like going down I get down all the way I mean 6 o'clock came I clocked out and I was in my car by 6.02 and I was flying to get to Harlem Park. I couldn't wait to get there and I thought about that and I cried. I used to, couldn't wait to get there. I can tell you what I, I remember getting all the way down and I'd get off the highway and shoot over over to where Route 4 was and get down Wilbraham Road, pull in that parking lot, and I'd always have to park in the very back and I'd get out and I'd start trailing and I'd start walking and I'd get up to those six sets of doors right there and all of a sudden I'd hear, Brother Mark, I'd hear the choir singing. I'd hear them in there shouting and praising God with their voices and I would get all excited and I couldn't hardly wait. I'd get to the door and I'd open that door. As Soon as I'd open that door I smelled certs, mints and perfume. It just hit me all at once. You know how them Church of God women were. They couldn't wear much makeup back then so they poured the perfume on big time. I opened up that door and I felt the presence of God I couldn't wait I slipped in on the back pew and I sat there and I did that for six months I didn't speak to a human being I wasn't there for them I mean I I appreciate it Judy spoke to me she was friendly to me day one she was the first person that ever spoke to me and now her, here we are all these years later working together. I had no idea at 18 years old that God was gonna make me the pastor of that church. All I know is I couldn't wait to get there. I couldn't wait because why? Because somebody was gonna speak to me? Because so and so was gonna shake my hand? Because somebody was gonna ask me to sit by them? No, I didn't think about it, not for a minute. All I cared about was with the song they were singing and I didn't care what the song was either. I didn't care what style it was. I didn't care whether it was or whether it was a hill song or whether it was something new, I didn't care. All I wanted to know was did it say anything about Jesus? If it said something about Him, it was good enough for me. I didn't care whether it was too loud. I didn't care if it was too short. I didn't care anything about it. All I wanted was to worship God. and I'd sit there and I'd cry and I'd cry and I'd praise God, I'd worship God and I'd turn around and get in my seat. I'd pray right there, I was too shy. I was so shy, I wouldn't talk to anybody. You speak to me, I turn purple. I wouldn't even want you to speak to me. So I would just sit there, and as soon as service was over, Brother Sergeant and Ron Medley, they're all up there shouting and running around, and I'm sitting in my seat, and I turn around, get in my pew, and I'm down there, and I'm crying, I'm praying. I get up, I walk straight out, I get in my car, I'm putting in a cuss. It's a small little tape, this big. It's got two little wheels in it, it's real neat, you'll have to check them out. I would put that cassette in there and I, all the way home, I just wanted to carry it. I didn't want anything, anything to distract me. I would drive 35 minutes all the way back to Nolan Road and I'd be traveling up Route 4 and I would cry in my car. And I was so thankful because all my questions had been settled. I didn't sit back and go, is God really there? Is, did we come from apes? Did we come from tadpoles? I wasn't worried about any of that. I didn't even think about it. All I know was, oh, God, you touched me tonight. I felt your presence. It was so awesome. I got a clear mind. All I can think about is for the next church service. As a matter of fact, it wasn't duty. It wasn't obligation. I wasn't looking at the clock saying, well, come on, we got to go. Time for a church. You know what they'll say if you don't show up. I w- couldn't wait to get in there. As a matter of fact, I couldn't hardly stand it until church started. I wanted to be there and I didn't just come on Sunday morning. I mean, not no offense, but I came Sunday morning, Sunday night, I came Wednesday, I came for the share group on Tuesday, and I came on Friday nights because we always did stuff. And I lived in Trotwood. You don't even know how much gas money that is. But I didn't care because I couldn't wait to get there. I couldn't wait to be around God's people and to be in His presence, I couldn't wait. And I thought about that this morning and I thought, oh God don't ever let me get so casual and common don't ever let it become so old hat don't ever let it become so so common in my life that I forget how precious and how awesome it is I'm so glad that he showed himself to me I'm so glad that I know that I know that I know now I know what sister Landreth meant when she got up and testified one Sunday night at Old Harlem Park she got up on the front row sitting next to her husband and when Brother Sargent asked sister Landreth to testify I remember he Brother Landry just went, Lord help. And she got up and she turned around, she put her hand on the pew and she began to preach. And one of the things she said I'll never forget, she said, I'm so glad tonight that he woke me up this morning. And she said, and I'm glad that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. And then her hand went up and she said, that I know, that I know, that I know my Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory to God. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives in me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why Job said it. That's why Job said it. Job said, oh, I wish it could be written on a stone. I wish it could be written so the whole world could see. Give me something to engrave it in a rock. He said, my Redeemer lives. He knows that when you know that, it sets you free. You've got a liberty that nobody can give to you in any other way. And nobody can take it away. Amen? They've come too late. They've come too late to argue with me. Tell me he ain't real. He's revealed. He's been revealed to me. I know him. I spoke to him this morning. Well, I don't know if God's there. Oh, sorry for you. He and I had a great conversation this morning. I'll never forget a young man, and I'm going to close with this. Lord, help me. It's 1203. His name was Robert, he was an atheist. And don't you know, God put me in the back of a semi-truck with him my last two years at Lee. First day right out, he said, are you from Lee? I said, yeah. He said, I'm an atheist. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is going to be fun. I made a decision that I wasn't going to cram nothing down his throat. Because how many of you know, Jesus don't need to be crammed down nobody's throat. He's too awesome for that. You and me, we don't deserve to have him crammed down our throat. He don't deserve it. I decided I was just going to witness and just be kind and good and be his friend. I always asked him, hey, you want to get something to eat? Hey, you you getting off work? You want to go grab something to eat, McDonald's? Yeah, man, that'll be all right. And he was always like on his guard. You going to try to save me? No, man. Just go eat with me. A year went by just being friends. He'd ask questions and sometimes we'd get in debates. He knew, he knew more Bible than most Christians I know. That said something about him, I know he was searching. I'll never forget when it was time for me to graduate. We never had no big repentance where we got down in the truck and. Jesus filled the the Kroger truck. There's nothing like that. But something happened significant that I've never forgotten. We were leaving. He said, well, man, it's been great working with you. I said, yeah, Robert, it's been awesome working with you too, man. He said, well, uh, good luck on your ministry journeys. I said, well, thanks. Good luck to you too. He says, I'll just be in the back of this truck. I said, well, I hope that that works out for you. And he said, hey, I just want to say something to you. I said, all right and he said, I'm not saying I believe in anything and I said, I get it, I know atheist he said, but if I did believe he said, if I did believe he said, I'd want to believe like you do and I walked out of that truck and I got in my car And I said, God, let me the rest of my life live in such a way that people want what I got. Because I can't give it to them. But if they see something in me that they want, that's good enough. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Salt to a world that needs flavor, light to a world in darkness. That's our freedoms. That's our liberty. That's what we hang on to and we don't forget. Know ye not that you're the temple of the Lord? You're the dwelling place for His Holy Spirit? You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. So honor Him in your body and in your spirit which are His. That's living walking in our freedom living it out Bob everywhere you go and I don't mind I'm sorry I always pick on you but I want to tell you man you don't even know how much you mean to me you're a very special man and I love you very much that's right and that's exactly my point I never seen anybody change like you The first time I ever met you, you were real distant with me. You just looked at me like, oh, there's that preacher guy. (laughs) But when Jesus came into your uh, life and the tears rolled down your face, you've just been a totally different person, man. He changes you, don't He? He changes you. That's freedom, liberty. That's what we cherish today. That's what we pick up and we hold on to and we take it with us. The fireworks are fun, the barbecues are great, but the true American waves his flag every day, 365 days out of the year. He never forgets the sacrifice. He never forgets to pay it forward when a, a serviceman comes in the restaurant. He never forgets. You know, We always take care of my... I always try in a restaurant, if a, if a serviceman says, I want him to know, I, I'll walk over to the table, man, I appreciate what you do for our country. And they're always, they always just light up like a million bucks they just feel so proud they nothing I don't ever want to forget I don't ever want to forget I don't want to forget the men and the women the grannies and the grandpas that have paved the road I'm so thankful that in 1920 1930 1940 50 60 70s I'm so thankful for somebody who was off in a corner at Clayton Street or Harlem Park who was praying for the future generation they didn't know they were praying for a, a future pastor They didn't know they were praying to keep the torch lit at the old Harlem Park building so that when an 18 year old walked in on the back row he found God in the middle of everything They didn't know what they were doing. May we still be a church today that carries the torch. I want another 18 year old to stumble in here and go, wow, you know what? God is real. God's power is real. The blood is still real. 2,000 years down the road, I want them to feel and know that now. We have an accountability and a responsibility, church. We have to be about the Father's business. We can't let down, we can't give up, we can't throw in the towel we must stand strong and we must stand sure on a solid foundation and that truth will never die if we'll stay true to the Word of God if we'll stay focused on what is important and not get sidetracked by all the garbage out there we will not be deceived we will not lighten up we will not become shallow we will not be like every other person or every other church out there in the world God bless them and there are some good churches out there but I'm telling you we are going to be the church that walks that where Jesus walks among the candlesticks. We're going to be one of the churches of the church age that stands in the end time that God will say as good as I can possibly do it, brother Robinson. I'm determined that we will be a church of God, not a church of God Cleveland. I'm talking about a church of God built on the rock. Christ Jesus, that we will literally be a place where His presence is real, and people get saved, and people feel the joy of the Lord, and they feel the power of God in times of trouble. I guarantee you, I will walk into that hospital room here in about an hour and a half, and when I walk in, I'm going to walk in not by my own might, not by my own power, but by the Spirit of the living God, because He has promised to be there. And you and I have that same victory and that freedom this morning. Do you believe it? Say amen. 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 Stand with me. Oh, hallelujah. Father, touch us right now. Minister in this house by your Holy Spirit. Let us sense and feel that work, invitations going out all over the place. Let the Holy, Holy Spirit, we ask you to be free to move. there be no hindrance, no obstacle, no distractions, no deceptions or confusion. In the name of Jesus. That in the next few moments, someone's going to make the most important decision of their life. And God, let there be nothing hinder that. Oh, Jesus, in your name. I shared with you earlier that my nephew Tyler, just last week, was sending out texts to the family, and he was like, Man, I, need, I need a good church in Columbus. Anybody got any recommendations? and of course people were naming different churches and of course you know we named the, the most obvious the church of God's there he was searching it out he told one of my nieces he said you know I've
3: got to
2: I've got to get my life back together I've got to get back in church I've got to do the right thing he knew and he was, God was working on him the Bible says the devil like a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour that the thief, he's called a thief, that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's no, I have no doubt that the enemy saw the work that God was doing in Tyler, and the enemy said, I'm going to do my best to stop that. So he found some thugs that attacked them, and I'm sure of it. Somebody says, well, why didn't God protect him? God did. You know, when you're outside of God's care, though, you're on your own can I just say that some some folks give God a bad rap on some things when you're not under his covering you can't blame him but you can be under his covering and I believe for you this morning it doesn't have to be some horrible event that takes place in your life to get your attention my prayer has always been for my family by myself lord whatever it takes because more than anything in the world see i can't take my i can't take my car my house my my position as pastor i i can't take any of those things with me i can't take my bank account i can't take it. when i die and you place me in a box hopefully it'll be a good suit but i'll have a suit and i'll have only one other thing my citizenship card stamped by the blood of Jesus. That's all I get to take. That's all you get to take. You don't get to take nothing else. Unfortunately you don't even get to take mom and daddy's prayers, mom and daddy's love. You don't get to take the fact that they raised you in church. You don't get to take that. All you get to take is your own citizenship card stamped with His blood the sacrifice. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, you need Jesus in your life and you need to make that very important decision. For Him to be the Lord of your life, to not have died for you in vain. You've already got your Emancipation Proclamation. You've already got your documents. You're free. But what good is it going to do you if you keep living without that freedom. You continue to live your way instead of a blessed way. What good does it do you if you were born, if you have not been born again? Jesus wants to save you today. I can't save you, the church can't do it, but He is here and He can. He can turn your life around right now with every head bow ever I closed. is there one today who would say, pastor pray for me in this prayer this morning, I need Jesus hand up one, two three, anyone else four, five anyone else I acknowledge you I see you, God bless you anyone else a few moments, I'll wait just a few more moments okay preacher pray for me I need Jesus this morning. I need him. Several have lifted their hands already. Is there any others? One more. Waiting just for one more. God bless you. All right. Look at me. I said already, the most important decision you'll ever make. It's going to require you giving your life. It's not just a little prayer and God's going to cover you and and say, your sins are forgiven, go on your way, and go live your life. No, it's a sacrifice for you right now, you're literally surrendering your life to Jesus. So it's big stuff. It is the most important decision you will make in your entire life. It will require sacrifice, it will require discipleship. We have a discipleship pastor right here. Who wants to help you with her team? She wants to get you plugged into the word, plugged into prayer and how to pray, and she wants to help you with your life. That we're gonna give you a Bible today, it's gonna be good. They're gonna, we're gonna help you in any way we can. But this is huge. But how many? I want you to, the reason I ask you to look around is because I want to ask a question of everybody else. Those of you who were here or somewhere else, and you made that decision that day to be saved, to let Jesus come into your life, if it was the greatest, most awesome, the the Best decision you ever made in your life, let me see your hand. Now look around you, you see all that? You're fixing to get there. You're going to join the crew today, you're going to join the family, and I promise you it's the greatest thing that ever happens to you. When you get that fire inside you, you'll be like me, you'll be in, the, you'll be in your green bomb traveling to church, you can't wait to get there. Somebody will open up the word and you'll say, read me a scripture. Sing me a song, I don't care if it's country, I don't care if it's rock and roll, sing. We're going to pray right now, and as we pray, it's just words if it doesn't come from your heart, but you're ready. So we're going to pray this prayer, and when we pray it together, your whole life is going to change right now. You have no idea. There are like probably 2,000 angels that are right now over the balcony of heaven looking down in the sanctuary. Right now. You say, how do you know that? The Bible says they rejoice over one and we got several so they're right now waiting for the party Gabriel's got his trumpet I felt the Lord when I said that Gabriel's got his trumpet he's getting ready to go he's going to do a jazz number several of the angels are standing around going okay Pastor Ray move on here we go pray this with me dear Lord Jesus come into my life forgive me of my sins you died on the cross for me you rose again for me you were the price you bought my salvation so I give myself to you take me and make me into what you want be the Lord of my life I surrender all so according to your word I believe you're the Son of God. I confess you with my mouth. Your word says I'm saved. Born again, right now, I have a new life. In Jesus your name, amen, amen, praise God, praise God. take the hand of somebody standing beside you in a closing prayer today Father we as a congregation we as a church I pray for my brothers and my sisters I pray that you will strengthen them this week that they will walk in the power and the freedom and the liberty that they've been given through Christ Lord we understand that in our own strength we can do nothing but we can do all things through Christ I pray that you will help us every day of our lives give us opportunities.